0: Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Soul Led podcast. So happy to be here with you guys. So off mic I was talking about how I am like limited with my words apparently because every time <laughs> I lead into the episodes I say I'm happy to be here I'm excited I re- you know so we were looking at the Thesaurus and I have new words guys so mm-hmm. I am electrified to be mm-hmm. here I am thrilled to be here I feel very enthusiastic about today, guys. so yep. I'm sure you listening know that I say the same words in the beginning. so I <laughs> <laughs> change that. but I am all of those things today because I have two of my favorite soul mentors, but don't tell the other soul mentors, and no, I'm kidding, guys I love. Them. <laughs> but welcome Mona and Rachel to the show. We're going to talk about ancestral healing, root stuff, all that kind of stuff. So welcome, ladies, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you, Nikki. So we're gonna start off with first. I'm just gonna tell you that we're gonna talk all about root chakra stuff. We're gonna talk about ancestral healing, what that really means. It's kind of like the woo woo word for like going to therapy, basically.
1: <laughs> we went so Very much,
0: yeah. But the reason I picked Mona and Rachel to come on is because just by watching them become soul teachers and going through this process with them, that was a lot of what was you know dictating a lot of their spiritual journey. Even, I mean, Rachel came doing a lot of that work before she came as a soul teacher, but Mona, I knew from before. So it's just such an important topic. I actually, wasn't like the main thing that brought me into the work, but that, you know, the mother wound and all of that brought me here as well. And it's really just part of the process. You know, it's really the root, it's in the root chakra, which is the first chakra. And typically when we're awakening that kundalini, like we start there at the bottom. So it really is just something that's going to come up for all of us at some point. So we wanted to talk about our experiences. We wanted to break down some of the vocabulary of this process and just share and see, like, I'm sure a lot of you are going to resonate and you know, it's the three of us talking, but I feel like it's a lot of us talking at the mm. same time. So mm. plus all our ancestors who are with us. Oh, they're, absolutely, they are, They're definitely with us right now. <laughs> they they are, are here. All the <laughs> good. I know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, Funny enough, so as I started to do readings and um, I definitely saw some things in the energy, like as I was reading chakras, but really it was like when I moved into the um, Akashic records and I started getting obsessed with people's purposes, like I wanted to know, you know, what people's purposes were. And that's how I found like the purpose book and started to read, you know, why these, like what the soul signed up for. This is where I saw that, And there's a few things, there's like a few categories for what souls come to this Mm -hmm. lifetime for. And one of them is ancestral lineage work. It's, it's lineage work is what I call it or lineage healing. So it's like a really big thing. I mean, and there's from all the people that I read, I mean, I don't keep percentages, but it's probably one out of three people like actually came for lineage work. And I think it's like very liberating to hear that because I actually remember, so my husband, who's not like you know not into the work or anything like that he only hears it from me and you know he's open to everything that i say and he you know goes along with it and he loves that i let him be a little bit woo which is <laughs> probably not like as acceptable as a man so but one day when he was going through you know his kind of dark, dark night of the soul i told him like you know you're here for lineage work like that's your purpose and that was just so meaningful for him because i think for a long time he he was like people have all these purposes and people have all these things. And sometimes it's not, you know, work related or, you know, money related or something like purpose can be something much deeper than that, like Mm. lineage work. And I I really feel like sharing (laughs) that with him, like gave him purpose. Mm. So it's such a beautiful, Work to do, even if it's like not part of your purpose, but also um, to know that sometimes that is exactly like what you're here for, because that is how we make better humans, and that's how we put better humans into the world when we start like healing those things that come from the lineage.
1: So, yeah, that totally resonates. Yeah. yeah. So, Rachel,
0: can you tell me a little bit about like how your how that um, healing started for you, and how it definitely like ended up bringing you down this path?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting because I. I had a lot i i like to joke that i've been in therapy for longer than i haven't been in therapy like in terms of my lifespan um so i have a lot of really logical awareness about my family my systems and all the things that were going on that weren't working but you know but that is that's just that information gets you so far but then i must have been like six or seven years ago i was in la i had just started my I was, I kind of like a new baby on my spiritual journey process. I was just like exploring and curious. And I went to this really well-known astrologer here in Los Angeles. And you know, when you go to astrologer, you give them your name and your birth date and like where you're born. And I sat down and maybe within five minutes, he like looked at my chart. And then he looked at me and he was, well, I think you probably have heard the story and he was mm-hmm. like, yeah. you come from a long line of witches the females in your side and your lineage in both sides have all been powerful witches and they have been systematically repressed and oppressed and because of that they all fell to addiction and he like took a step and i kind of was just like because that's true um and then he looked at me and he was like and if you don't own your power you will fall to the same fate so i was like no pressure cool great so i i thought that for a (laughs) long time but it was one of those things where I just, it was, that was a lot to take in, but I in my like gut, I was like, no, this is true. And I think I had always known that was true in a sense. And that really started me down the line. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if my full purpose, like in this lifetime is only the ancestral work, but I know that it was absolutely my purpose to get me to the space I am now, because I I needed more than just therapy. I needed both. I think, you know, I think having everything together is beautiful but i needed a different way in to heal some of these ancestral i didn't know at the time i kind of just like called it anxiety for a while but it was just like these things that i was born with that i picked up that were passed down just the weight of what it means to come from a long line of oppressed witches (laughs) um (laughs) according to my astrologer and so it really just it led me into some more of the the healing work that i did for myself and then i got so much out of it that i switched careers basically, and decided to start doing it
0: myself to help others. Well, I mean, if you really want to be like not an oppressed witch, you just got to become one. So I think that's the only solution (laughs) only solution. What is the difference? Do you think we just, I never did the third therapy route. Um, I did a little bit, but not so deep. What do you think is the difference between taking like a therapy, like a therapy route down like your, you know, your Your family tree basically, Mm -hmm. versus like more of these spiritual, mystical words that we use in the spiritual world. Is there a difference?
2: Yeah, I really think there is. And for me, like, I, by the way, love my therapist. She's incredible, (laughs) but, and I still see her, but there's something about like living in the mind with that work, which is important. Like, I had to hear things out loud, I had to talk through things, but there's something very different about the mind healing versus the body healing. And I think that for me, when I started doing the healing work, like I never felt fully safe in my body in the world. I never felt fully supported in my body in the world. And so as much as I could hear someone tell me or like tell myself I was safe, I, you know, was, I could trust all these things. Like I couldn't fully feel it
0: in my body. I knew what I was supposed to be doing, but I couldn't embody it. So therapy is like definitely probably more in the head, some of the reprogramming, but it's like the body, the energetic body carries a lot of these things. And that's where- the spiritual world can help.
2: Yeah. And without, and I just think that both are so necessary because one wasn't providing me the life I wanted. It wasn't providing me the feeling of like purpose and grounding and safety and joy and freedom. You know, it was, I think both did.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Mona, where do you think you entered this kind of root ancestral work from?
1: a great question. So I was born to Indian immigrant parents. Um, so being Indian, growing up here in America, and there was always a disconnect. Um, I didn't necessarily feel like I belonged as an Indian girl, but I also didn't necessarily belong as an American girl. And so there's this constant struggle and I was always at odds with both. And, and so my journey really began with like, well, who am I? And I think that Ultimately, it led me down this path of understanding that I can have roots within myself, but that the, the greater picture of everything is also that I do come from a long line of women who have, were empowered, but I just didn't know it or experience it for myself. And so it's always been searching for what that means and, and how can I be both Indian and American and, and all the other things that I am. So, you know, like I'm just understand
0: now that I'm just understanding that now, but that's like, I'm I'm understanding that now, because I mean, I'm same Cuban American, my, my first generation American. And, but the thing is about living in Miami is that you're, you're all Cuban and, or you're all Hispanic and nobody has had to assimilate. I mean, literally you can live here your whole life and not speak English. Like we are, it's a, it's like a little bubble. So now that as we move to North Carolina, I'm dealing with a lot of that, like, so, cause I was raised more Cuban than I was raised American, basically. So that it's just this really weird thing to yeah. be in the middle, like to not fit into like, because if I would go to Cuba right now, they'd be like, what are you? Like, absolutely, exactly. you are absolutely not us. But then if exactly. I go to like, you know, middle America, they'll be like, oh, you're obviously not us either. So it's like this really weird place, but Miami gives you this perfect. It is the place for people in the middle. <laughs> so right. I haven't had to like face that yet, but I'm about to, sorry, I just wanted to relate to you there. When I first started, I had this knowing that your root system was like really connected to your family. And I was constantly trying to like kind of pick at it, but I feel like, were you resistant towards me? Like, Did you not like hearing that?
1: Oh, I was very resistant towards that. I didn't like it at all. Anytime you would tell me about that, I would just be, okay, can we talk about dating instead? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so I was very resistant because my identity was my family. And for, I mean, you know, even, even now how I see it, it's changed drastically. I'm my own person and I can I can be my own person within a family unit. And that was a big learning lesson for me. But a lot of my decisions were made because of my family and what how, how what they expected. Um, even just culturally, I mean, it, it, it even just goes beyond the family. I think for me, it was very much like the cultural pressures and what it means to you know be the perfect Indian girl. And I was never going to be that. And so, uh, even it's so funny because even like talking about dating, the kinds of people I would attract were very traditional, but that wasn't really aligned with really who I was at my core. So. So yeah, I was definitely triggered all the time, <laughs> but, but classic Nikki.
0: And <laughs> everybody, everybody's like triggered by me. Gosh, guys, I just trying to be a friend. I just love you guys. So now how, like, do you understand like why that work is important or can you explain to somebody that maybe I'm coming because I have money issues or I'm coming because I have like dating issues or work issues. And if there is a root situation, like why is it important to, because the thing is that when we, you know, the spiritual process is always like a human thing comes up and we can't get that human thing. I can't get money. I can't get the job. I can't get the partnership. And I've tried all the things. And at some point I come to the spiritual work. And sometimes like in your case, the dating challenge, you wanted to work at it from that angle. You know, you wanted to like, you know, get whatever the tips were or whatever the information was, but your divine guidance was bringing you down another route. And it was actually like bringing you through the root chakra, basically. So, but it can be resistant, like you can be resistant towards that. Because of course, like you, if like, it sounds like a back alley door, you know, it's like, no, I want to go through the front door. So, and this is for both of you guys, how does working on the root help these other problem areas
1: A really great question so for me they were all so connected even money career relationships like all of that would not have worked for me had i not addressed my roots because i was kind of building or my roots were weren't really rooted if that makes sense before doing this work and i was kind of building on shaky ground And so, if I had a relationship, or if I had a a, a career that I was really excited about, or if I was making money, I think those things would have fallen apart really quickly because I was building on without a foundation or shaky ground. Like the roots that I would, like the soil itself, was just not rich enough for me to be able to root deeper, and I I just wouldn't have been able to really discover kind of the things that really are important to me because again, I was basing my own happiness on other people and my my family, my culture, whatever it was. And I would ultimately would not have been happy, you know, even if I got the relationship or I got the perfect job or had, you know, a million dollars in the bank. So.
0: Right. Cause the root is, you know, it is like the little, it's the foundation, it's the tree. So basically, I guess what you're saying is like, I was building this brand new house, but unlike soil that was really shitty, it wasn't my own. I didn't make it myself. So at some point it was going to implode, even if the house was nice and perfect and new. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And I would even say like, so I so agree. And I feel like, like I, I get even like a little bit more granular about it. Like, especially when I'm working with my clients, it's like, I see in the root system, like all of the beliefs that form that shaky foundation. And that's how I've always approached my own work of like things that I couldn't even necessarily explain. I some of them do have. Some were created in this lifetime, but some of them, like, it don't even make sense to me, but these feelings, I'll see them with my clients and the roots of like, I'm not enough. I'm too much. I have to fall in line, like all these different, like these belief systems that really, for me, I see them building the foundation. That's why it's like, if I'm going to enter a relationship with like this core belief that I might not even be aware of, or I might be that like, I'm too much always you know i'm gonna really show up in that relationship that way or i'm gonna show up in my career that way or i'm gonna show up anywhere coming from those places and so that's why like when we can heal the root system we can get that better foundation we can clear out those beliefs that might not even be ours they might come and i find that really freeing too for myself of like i don't know some of the stuff i just picked i just like got it came with me and my body it's not my fault it's no one's fault but once we start to clear those things we have we can start to rebuild the foundation. I feel like once I started the healing of the root, I was able to rebuild. And I feel like I operate in the world so differently now, which is really, really cool.
1: Yeah. And I, I also want to add that the uprooting can be really scary. It was very mm-hmm. scary for me. Like I didn't, I, I didn't was know- scared
0: for you, Mona. I, really, <laughs> I, was, I cried at the end of like, so I was like, oh my gosh, all this like root work yeah. that Mona just did. Like, I was just like, this is, I was overwhelmed by it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I I won't take away from the fact that it is scary and you'll you'll go down a journey and it feels like a back door at times, but the result is worth it. Like it's worth it for me now because I I know who I am. I can make decisions that are really rooted and I can come from my heart because I think I wasn't able to really listen to my heart for that reason because I just wasn't rooted. And so so it's all worth it i promise
0: yeah definitely so i was engaged really young i don't know if you guys know that story and i i broke off a wedding i was like i remember being at my engagement party and not even being able to like legally drink so i was like 21 probably when i (sighs) like by the time i broke off the engagement so anyways i moved to la it was the first time i left my parents i wasn't allowed to um I had, there's this joke that I always tell my parents that like, I wasn't allowed to leave my house. I was only allowed to leave either like in a white dress or in a casket. Like that was the only way I was getting out of my family. So I chose <laughs> like the white dress. I was like, well, maybe if I can get married, they'll let me out of this house. But anyways, that didn't pan. I called off the wedding. I moved to LA and I remember moving to LA and the thing about growing up in a culture, like, you know, Indian culture, Cuban culture, you know, any you know, Greek culture, Jewish culture, there's like so many of these different cultures that we, that are so similar is that it's not only like your parents that are involved, but it's like everybody's parents. Like, I feel like my friends, all their parents were involved in raising us. Like we were all like every wedding that we attended, like all the parents went, my parents and my friend's parents still go out to like, still hang out together. Like it's just, you're raised by the whole village, which is a beautiful thing. I mean, I like, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also a lot of, pressure. So I moved to LA and I remember getting there and like living with my best friend and being like, where are all the adults? Like I was like, (laughs) where are the people that are going to tell me what to eat or like, are going to tell me like, it was such a weird feeling to like not have somebody. And I was like freak. you know, I was like 21 at that time. It's not like I was like, you know, 16 or whatever. So, but it was very, very freeing. And I'm sure to an extent, that's exactly what I'm about to experience when I go to North Carolina. Cause right now, you Know my mm. friends, we're all friends still, and I know all their parents, and we're raising all our kids together. So, you're there's a lot of group thinking happening, you know, like it's like what's okay within the culture, what's okay. It's a beautiful thing, but at the same time, like when you break out of that web, is when you really get to be. I remember being in LA and be like, oh, actually, I don't like meats, I actually like all this vegetarian stuff. It's just that, like, in Cuban culture, that's like all you eat. So it's like just so cool to learn about yourself too when you separate. And it doesn't mean that you need to separate forever, but it's nice to have that separation, which is basically what you're experiencing now, Mona, a little bit.
1: I am. Yeah. I'm, I, it, you know, it took me a while to get there to come to that point where knowing that I need to separate in order to find myself. And I really resisted, like I mentioned earlier. But uh, so right now I'm like doing the nomad thing, I'm traveling around and I'm, you know, experiencing life the way that I want to experience it. And I think ultimately when, when, if I do go back home, you know, to my family, like it will, it'll be a different experience and I'll be able to engage with them in a different way. I think that would be better for me and more nourishing for me, um, as opposed to being kind of just like a one-way street. Yeah, for sure. Like I was able to
0: come back and be like, okay, like this is where I want to live. This is who I am, all that stuff. So it's like, you're able to do it, but I'm definitely ready for the next level. Speaking of this next level, one of the things I'm excited to move away from is my mother, who lives literally walking distance from me. You guys, my parents, like I can I I can actually make a straight line to my parents' house within 20 15 minutes, like I'm not even kidding. And it's my mom and I have an interesting relationship cuz she is definitely she's a narcissist. Like a lot of my work was led through the mother wound, but unlike many people that go through mother wound stuff, I was never called to actually like not have my mom in my life. On the contrary my work is to remain close to my mother and like have not physically close, but to keep her in my life because that's my work. Like to the point that I'm born the day before her guys, like it's a really weird, like I was born, my birthday was July 21st. I was born wow. July 22nd. And that was the beginning of her hating me. Uh, <laughs> being, <laughs> being in the hospital on her birthday um, it was like the beginning of her being like, oh no. So we've a really, you know, I love my mom so much, but it's like, it's just, you know, very cultural number one, you know, obviously. And then um, there's actually a lot of jealousy in her, which is really hard because it's weird for your mother to be jealous of you and people that don't have, that have beautiful relationships with their mom, like find it bizarre, but moms are are people and they have all their stuff, you know? And then my daughter, she has a lot of mother wound stuff because I she's my husband's from a previous relationship. I've been raising her since she was four. So like watching her go through like kind of an opposite mother wound situation where the mother is like not in her life at all has been very interesting for me. So I was just wondering, so Rachel, I know you have you some of your work came through the mother wound. Can you tell me what the mother wound is yeah. if you like your understanding of it? Yeah, absolutely
2: it's so interesting because i feel like i now couldn't take i couldn't separate necessarily like there's the mother wound i have a very specific i'm I, i'm a little bit like your daughter it sounds like yeah um, you Allie, have the same but, story yeah and because a lot of addiction and like i said the women in my family and my mom and we actually aren't we don't really have a relationship that was kind of my self-care basically but i couldn't separate the mother wound from like mother being my mother mother being her mother mother being mother like mother earth just like we the impact and i and i saw that through working on my my mother wound with my mother specifically and that's through therapy through healing but i see that as just the impact and really it's it comes back to the roots of i mean it always does but the impact of the way we're cared for the way we learn the way we receive all the ways that like we move through our feminine, I think, honestly. Um, and that was really impacted for me by my mother. But like you said, it's like my mother's just a human who had a mother, who was just an imperfect human, who had a mother who. And so we just carry all of these things down generation after generation. And I, I mean, I can track it. I can track, you know, the feelings of abandonment, the feelings of neglect, the feelings I see it subsequently through my mother's mother's mother's, mother's mother. So it's really interesting, but I really, I see it kind of more generally now. I think it very much is like working specifically on your mother in this lifetime. But for me, I see it, I've expanded more to just like the feminine, the way I can move in my divine feminine in the world based on my female
0: lineage, basically. Yeah, I love that. Have you done mother wound stuff, Mona?
1: Uh, sort of. My relationship with my mom is an interesting one. I love her and she's an amazing woman, and but we're not we're not close like that. We're not like, you know, I think in her mind, she would want us to be best friends, but we're not best friends. <laughs> and, and so it's interesting. I've, I've done some work around it, but I don't think I'm probably still at that phase of like, you know, I hesitate a little bit to go into that because it is, it would mean opening up a lot more. And I think to Rachel's point of like, it's not, it wouldn't just be me looking at my mom, but it'd be looking at my, my grandmother and, and then, you know, both, both on both sides and what, what like, how did they influence me in terms of like who I am as a woman today? And, and so it would, it would require a deeper dive, which I I haven't done quite yet, but it is, it has been something that I've been thinking about.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you, when it comes, it comes, um, we, I love Bethany Webster. So she's kind of like a mm-hmm. go-to. We mm-hmm. had her on the podcast. If you, if anybody listening is interested in learning more about it, just search her name, Bethany Webster, or Mother Woon, and the podcast, and you'll you'll find it there. It's like probably episode, it's probably like before episode 10. It was like an earlier episode. And she has the book. Um, Discover Your Inner Mother. Thank you. Discover Your Inner Mother. So yeah. Great. Yeah. A great place to start if anybody's interested.
2: Um, One thing I love that she says too is, and like, is all about also the mother wound has a big impact on your female relationships and your female yeah. friendships. And I think a lot of my work too, a lot of my mother wound work has a lot of my healing has come out of building different and beautiful female friendships.
0: Yes. I mean, watching my daughter go through female friendships, I, I constantly tell her, I'm like, it's not your fault. Like mm-hmm. you were like your first thought about friendships is going to be your mom and mm-hmm. me, because I'm like another version of that. And it's, yes, it's like a very interesting thing, but it's, it's amazing to, to see it heal, but mm-hmm. the mothers always get a bad rap, you guys, because fathers, there's father wound shit. too. Totally, totally. And I have, so my dad, you know, like I always say, like you get some like lottery tickets in life. And my dad is definitely like a lottery ticket for me. He's been an amazing father. He's an amazing human being. Um, he's just like, you know, my best friend and so, but because of that love for him, I overlooked so much. Right. And my mom used to always say it all the time. She's like, you know, you guys are, cause we have, I have two brothers. She'd always say like, you guys criticize me so much more than you criticize your dad. And it's really because like my dad's like the nice one. And like, you know, and he's just like, so loving and all these things. So it kind of made us like overlook a lot of the things. And I was once getting this healing and I have, um, I was diagnosed with arthritis in my knees at the age of three, but on the right side. And it flares up every once in a while, um, but I've learned to, you know, heal, you know, de-stress and, and eat to the point that I don't have any flare-ups anymore. But I ha- I usually, when the two times I got pregnant, they would flare up. And um, the last time I was pregnant, I had the flare-up and I was like, okay, let me go see what's in there, you know, because energetically there's something in there. Yes, my body's having inflammation. Yes, I'm going to have to give it the anti-inflammatories. Yes, I'm going to, you know, whatever obviously I'm pregnant, all these things, but it's also an energetic, it's a, you know, a moment to really look into why my body is like responding to that. So I go to this healer, the healer is like, oh, that's like, it's all your dad, your dad this. And, and I'm like, no, can't be like, I love my dad. Like, absolutely not. And it was crazy. Like, well, I was like in the middle of like really pushing myself up against the wall with my work. And I was working like a mad person. And basically what my knee was trying to like remind me of was that like, I was doing exactly, my dad's a doctor. So there's a lot of similarities in the work that we do. And I was working, I was like, okay, see more patients, make more money. You know, like, and that's how my dad was like, need to make more money, just see more patients, like grow and I was like growing the exact same business. And I was like, I don't want that business. <laughs> like I remember, um, and it was like all in my knee. And um, so sometimes the the stuff that we're, Caring from the lineage, is not even bad things, right? Like, it's not like my dad's a bad person for teaching me that. No, it's just that if I'm not watching it, I can just repeat without even choosing. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to be on autopilot and just do things because it's what I've seen. And it really is just like an opportunity. I think lineage stuff is really also, you know, some of it's like very dark shadow stuff, but I think a lot of it also is just the opportunity to expand your horizons. You know, it was like, oh, and guess what? Like my brother's a dog, my brother's doctor, they're both married to doctors, you know? And I was like, look at us assholes, like just repeating the same thing. Like, <laughs> this is the only way that we think like life can be, you know, or this is the only way to like have a good life or whatever, you know, financially, whatever that means. And if you're not careful, you can live a whole life. That's just a copy of somebody else's life. And then, you know, as you become a parent, you see it again. And as you become a wife or a husband, you see it again. and, to me, like the work is really about creating a whole new recipe. So it's not even just like a bad stuff. It's, it worked for my father. It's not a bad thing. It's just that like, I had, you know, I have choice and I'm a different person. So that was so interesting for me. So I just wanted to share that. Can I just add something,
2: Nikki? Of course. Yeah. I just, I love that so much. I think it's so true. And I know for me, that's one of the reasons I think I was so like my soul was so drawn to meditation and mindfulness coming forward like right when I kind of entered the work because I needed to stop and take the space because I just don't think we're like we're not encouraged in this in our modern society to like take a second you know look at yourself check in we don't really do that as much at least that's not how I grew up and so to stop and look at these things because even if I am like you said some of these things are good even if I am going to choose them it's very different to make a choice about how I'm living my life versus to unconsciously enacting these patterns, these behaviors, these things. And I, it's just so empowering to like stop to see all of them through the healing work that we do and be like, cool. You know what? I love the work ethic here. I love these things. Like you said, it's like, I'm in the kitchen, I'm taking this, I'm going to take a little bit of this, but it's, it, it, it was so anxiety inducing for me, I think not to just like really see what was going on.
0: It's just like a really different way to do yeah. it. Cause it's like, you just don't feel like you're making the choices. And then of course, like those energetic healings too, for me were very helpful. Like once we got into the body, like we were talking about, like outside of the mind, cause that's more mindset stuff or whatever. But then once I moved into the body work, it was fascinating. I don't know if you guys have ever had a, a womb healing. What do they call them? They're called something else. So In Miami, I have a friend that does them. And she basically is like, stop talking to your sacral. Basically, she just sits there and whispers to your sacral. And it is like the most. And of course, when she told me she was going to do a womb healing, I assumed I was going to see my mom's stuff. And like, no, I was brought to all of my dad's stuff. And because, you know, basically the idea is that like, it brings you back to your womb or, or excuse me, to like your first home, which is your mother's womb but she might be the little house, but the dad is, you know, like you're part of your dad too. Like you're made of those two things. And I was like, brought to like all this cool sadness of my father and like how that sadness was like built into my DNA basically. So it's like the energetic stuff is just so fascinating. And I feel that like, you don't even know what you're going to find. So it's just like really cool to do that work energetically. So moving away from the body. Oh, sorry, Monica.
1: Oh no, I just want to say that even scientifically, they've proven that you do take on your parents' things. It's and and when you're born, you are born with certain codes within you that are from your parents. And so it's not, I mean, even if like, let's say we weren't spiritual for a second, like even research and science has proven that this is that it's true, exactly. And so we can't ignore it. And if we're, I think so much of the root of our problems does come from kind of like what are we carrying? And, and, and sometimes even just the gifts that we have, like I having that immigrant grit, like I work hard and I, mm-hmm. I'm proud of that of course, but also it's like, well, am I choosing to work hard because I have to work hard or am I do, working hard because I want to work hard? So.
0: Yeah. Or even on the flip, it's like this feeling of like, I have to survive, you know, like we have or that, um, we or have that. all the time because my parents, you know, lost everything. And now all of a sudden, so But so stepping away from the body and going now more, I think into the spiritual, like the spirit part. So we are mind, body, We covered mind, we've covered body a little bit and now spirit. So spirit is like the, to me, the concept of like when the ancestor starts showing up, you know, you start Mm -hmm. feeling them and they start talking to you or when you can go into meditation and see like your great grandparent went through whatever whatever and i leave it to mona so mona mm-hmm. <laughs> anything that's been happening to you ever since you started this work
1: oh my gosh yes yeah. so actually the first time i ever connected with anything was my grandmother and that's when i knew everything was real i was like oh if i can see her all of this must be true and real so it started with that i, mean, and like the, the, I feel like that's like the easy like that to me would be like oh, i, I need to do but that was the thing that that made it feel
0: real to you okay
1: cool it it did, yeah. Because when I had my first reading with you, you saw my grandmother, and the way you described her, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like no one else would know that about my grandmother. The fact that anyway, so I was just blown away by that. And then ever since I started doing this work, a lot of times in, when I'm doing readings, I oh, I'll see past loved ones. I'll sometimes I'll see like an- ancestors. I'll see uh, spirit babies. I'll see all kinds of things. Um, and past loved ones recently has been coming up a lot for me. <laughs> And not because I want to. I'm just like, um, I don't want to be a medium. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> uh, and so recently I, I it's, I've been, I guess, I suppose opening up and, and being able to channel past loved ones. Recently I was out with some friends, uh, with, with some family friends, and this woman that was I did not know, she they were like very curious about this work that I was doing. And before you know it, I'm channeling her past loved one and it was just the most wild experience. And it wasn't even like, it was the first time where I wasn't like sitting in meditation where someone comes and has like a message to share. This was like, them coming through and channeling through me and it was absolutely wild. Like for 10 minutes I'm just like with my eyes closed I'm with people that I don't even know channeling and I'm just like what the hell is going on?
0: You're <laughs> in your true your, your true Buddha moment of just like being fully present to receive. That's so cool. I find my okay. past loved ones like have less boundaries. So I feel like they will show up uninvited often. So I, I think, I mean, I, I remember I've like met people and then I like can see like their dead father with them like right away and like, whoa, you know, like, cause I just feel like they're just, you know, where your spirit guide will be a little bit more respectful and we'll wait, but a past loved one, like they'll come as they as they want to. So you've been interested in ancestor work, Mona. And I know that we talked about like, we don't have all the answers, but we're gonna try to play with the concept and see what we can find. But tell me a little bit about what is, what do you find interesting right now? Like, what are the questions that you have now?
1: Oh gosh, I feel like I have so many questions around ancestors. I think there is, it's so fascinating to me and it's so rich and deep. And there's like, my feeling is that ancestors and you know, I know I've only really connected with my ancestors like a few, just a handful of times, like not enough where I felt like I was able to get a whole lot of information, but the times I have connected, it's usually they have like so many gifts to give us. And it helps me understand my roots better. Like I almost, because I'm in this constant search for like, who am I? What are my roots? Where, you know, am I Indian? Am I American? Like, what am I? And the reality is that, yes, I can be all of those things, but that there is so much, um, there's so much richness that comes from understanding where we come from. And it, it helps inform kind of how we then live the rest of our lives and how, what we want to pass on to the next generation and so that's just super fascinating to me and yeah i just think ancestors have like really really deep deep wisdom to share and they're not i think with past loved ones usually there's like the human element that you're dealing with where i think with ancestors there's just more broader kind of like where who am i where like where do i come from and i think a lot of those answers can be given um, when connecting with ancestors So right now you're trying to sit like
0: in meditation, go into the Akashic records and see what you can find.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. So that's basically how I would do it. I also, I'll try to call on them. If I don't want to go into the Akashic records, I'll I'll try to call on their energy and if it'll just feel different to me, it's not like a spirit guide. It's very different. There's like more weight to how they show up. Agree.
0: I like to sing songs for them too. Like, I feel like when I use instruments and songs, like that's when they, that's when that they start to come to me. It's like a, just a totally different, it's more tribal, not because it's indigenous, but more because it's like your tribe. Like, that's what it feels like more for me too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I never shared with you guys, but during Soul Teacher, I did plant medicine, which was not plant medicine, by the way. (laughs) So he called. No, so before you do something like that, let me know. Give me a call. It was basically my husband says it was like Molly with something else in it. Basically, so it was basically like a a very expensive drug experience. It's like you pay a lot and then like you're just in a drug house. Is basically what happened. But whatever, it ha- I I got what I needed to get out of it. I was like, I remember coming home and being like, yeah. I told him what it was. I was like, I don't know. It was in a capsule, and it was like this. And he's like, sounds like Molly. <laughs> Like, How much does Molly cost? And he's like, I don't know, maybe like thirty bucks. You know, you come here, no, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you what I just paid for a Molly. But anyways, <laughs> you know exactly. What was it. <laughs> you know that it was synthetic. It was not from a tree. Just so you know. Anyways. Point is, it was a really cool experience. It was, it was like what I needed to experience. Um, there's MDMA, MDMA in it, so it was like you know, it was more of a hallucinating kind of thing rather than a plant thing. But the main experience for me was like I was kind of brought into this. I actually stayed in the same spot for like eight hours. I did not move, but while I was there, all of a sudden my ancestors showed up and they told me they were going to be like the the MC of the day. And all their voices kind of moved into one voice, which was like my mom's voice, like she was the first MC. And at the end of the whole journey, the voice was my voice. So it was like very fascinating how like all these ancestral intuitive voices, they were showing me that like that voice that I have, that's a very, I have like a very strong intuitive voice that I can constantly hear and and have connection. It was like on the entire time for eight hours, basically. Like it was like, my sense was just turned on very strongly for eight hours. And it started off with like my mom's voice and then like brought me to all these ancestors and then ultimately like showed me that it was like my voice at the same time that it was like all kind of brought together. So I was brought through this journey of kind of explaining like where I came from and kind of how like I was came to be or, you know, what, like the kind of the destiny of me basically. And it's it was, you know, it, it was really cool because they were they were doing it in acts. I had like four acts and then there was an intermission in the middle and that was when I was allowed to get up and go to pee and I called my husband and then I had to like go back. It was so fast. I was like, I appreciate this very organized journey. Like this journey was like very organized into these four spots. But anyways, it was such a cool experience and it felt so like, it felt like, you know, that ancestor connection. But of course, like ancestor work to me, it's like, it's just hard because it's like, and then I know it's crazy because obviously like I talk to spirit guides and things like that, but it's like hard for me to be like, God, I wish I can prove it. You know what I mean? I wish that I can like go down like the, the tree and like find the information, but like you just really never can. But that experience, that journey was like all about my ancestors and like where I was from. And it was just so nice. Like that is really, it is hard to not, you know, be able to prove some of the things that you feel, which is so, it's just so funny because everything else it's easy for me to believe, but the ancestral stuff was like hard for me to believe. And that's why I held the story for so long. Like I didn't want to share my journey for a long time because I really wanted it to like stay with me and like not, and that's the thing, whenever we have these journeys or these experiences, it's important to kind of keep them tight for a little bit because if not, you know, it's easy to like for somebody else to make you feel like it's not real or it didn't happen but yeah. So the interesting thing about like me or my, both my parents have the exact same path to how they came to Cuba. So like they're it's just bizarre, like how, like they have, they have two generations, Cuba, then they have like two generations, um, two or three generations Spanish, and then they go into Portugal. So the, the journey was almost showing me like, that they were like nearby tribes, like all the way from that first moment. And then they were like, being moved to go into like the cities, like basically like all these like indigenous tribes were like being pushed away and that they were like meant to go, you know, they had to go live like normal people basically, but that like these two tribes had predicted that my parents were going to birth me. So it was like my, it was my story, but <laughs> it was just like the weirdest thing, but it was just so cool. I was like, I wish that there was like a way one day for all of us to like get those stories of like why we were like, who, or why we are who we are, you know? So it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And you know, what strikes me so much about like, just hearing you talk
2: about it is like how much, and I feel the same way too, when I can, whether or not we can prove it, when I can kind of connect and tap into the lineage, like it just, it's like widening the lens of everything. Like we, I feel like I can get so stuck in like this life, this person, this experience, this relationship versus like when you like widen the lens and see all of the, not only does it provide me compassion for myself, but for every person in my family and all of the journeys and the ways in which we were meant to go through these journeys together. Like, it's just so expanding. I love it so
0: much. Yeah. yeah. And like how there's this, this, we're just more than just one little person. Like you say, like we're just mm-hmm. so much more than that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What were you
1: going to yeah. say? Amanda? No, I, that's so, that's just such a beautiful experience. Not taking my synthetic drug? I am. Um, like I mean yeah, that's a shortcut to me meeting my ancestors, you know, like well, doing this journey. So, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I <laughs> d I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know like why I was going there. So really funny. So in the journey, they explained to me that like I was predicted from this place in Portugal as La Flor, which is the flower. And my mom like since I was a little girl called me La Flor, she gave us tribal names. Like I'm La Flor, she, my brothers are like colors. Like she calls like, one is like El Azul, like basically just these, like, she's, like, she's given us like, I feel like tribal names. And that's always what she named us. Um, and there's like a festival in Portugal that's like dedicated to La Flor. And I was like, all right, well, maybe... Maybe there's something Ooh,
2: I am chill. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you gotta go to Portugal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So it was really, really cool. And um, but just so you guys know, anybody who's interested in this stuff, Mona and I are like determined to figure it out. So we're really going to find some journeys totally. um to kind of see like how we can get more of that information. Rachel's been and that's the cool thing about this work, you guys. Like in Soul Teacher, you know, I try to just teach you what I know and bring you through this method but I, my hope is always that the girls take their information and like, keep going deeper with it and keep being shown more and more because that's really how this work works. You're just, the more you do it, the more you're shown. And Rachel um, recently came up across a cool healing for um, root system and ancestral stuff. So I thought maybe you can share a little bit about that Rachel. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It was, it was a very, um, it's something that you would always said Nikki, like just be open, let things will come continue to let your intuition develop and, my guides recently a couple months ago brought me to a healing a very specific healing in the root chakra to kind of identify um and then heal through the lineages of those beliefs i was talking about earlier of like so if i'm working with a client i do it to myself too obviously i use it on myself first it's like those are the benefits but to really go in and find what right now because i mean of course we have probably hundreds and hundreds of beliefs, but like what right now in this session is holding you back? Uh, What's really guiding some of these decisions? Like, what are you trying to clear? And I'll, I'll like find those. I'm like, I'm doing what I do. Um, You can't see me, but I'm doing what I do in the feeling. I'll sit there and pretend it's me. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, And finding that, and it's like a root. It's like a, I actually see it as a root and that's um, a cord there. like mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's like a cord root hybrid yeah and it's in kind of their root chakra which looks really cool to me to bring some healing and i'll usually share it with my clients afterwards and you know it's not we all have a lot of similar ones it's not like i'm saying anything probably that you've never heard before but to bring awareness to it to bring some healing to it i think is really and, powerful and
0: it started, like be like i'm gonna remove this energetically of course mm-hmm. you keep it and bring it back or whatever but i'm gonna start we're gonna we're almost like having a ritual for the death of this thing that's been passed on for a long time absolutely so one last thing before we we get off i was actually reading somebody earlier today was like from like a lineage of like witches but like very lost because of the patriarchy and she had like a curse and i never like i my teacher used to talk about curses and i was like oh don't really like the idea of curses or i don't know if i can get behind that but anyways what she had was a few generations back there was like a uh, like a kind of like a mental illness that came through at like four generations back. And I was like, listen, I'm just going to share this with you. I have no idea. And she's like, I, she's like, "Oh, I, can, I know exactly what you're talking about. So it was so interesting. It's like, you know, it was kind of taught, told to me, like kind of the concept of like, oh, like a black magic, like, like, let's get rid of these witches and like, let's teach them that. But, you know, and that can look very fairy tale-ish, but it could be as simple as, you know, the patriarchy comes in, like women shouldn't be intuitive anymore. And I'm going to make you feel crazy for what you're experiencing. And that is going to initiate mental illness. And that, you know, in itself can look like a curse, but that was basically, so she was at this place. It was very similar. Actually, it's so funny. That's similar to you, Rachel, that like she was at this place that she had to break that, you know, to understand that, like that's the biggest way the patriarchy likes to get women. It's like call them crazy, which ultimately can initiate a mental illness. And then if you don't know how to take care of it, I mean, you know, so she was like positioned to not call herself crazy Mm -hmm. and to, to change that.
1: I do think it's really beautiful how we do have the power within us to break these cycles. And I think that's been the most healing for me, knowing that like for years I thought, Oh, this is just who I am. But in reality, I, I have been called into this lifetime to break those cycles. And so I just think that's incredibly empowering yeah i agree totally and just
2: to really free myself from all of those ideas of like those things like i just i used to identify with so many things maybe not crazy but anxious and weird and different and you know all these things i'm just like no none of that maybe was ever true but it certainly is something i've worked on and can change and have found so much healing around and it's so funny too when like I, it makes me think, I feel like we, Mona and I would talk about this with like our girlfriends, like our group of teachers of just like, it makes sense to me why, you know, they patriarchy, the grand they, like don't want women hanging out together because when you put a bunch of intuitive women together, awesome stuff happens. <laughs> like the magic happens. And I'm like, oh yeah, it makes sense that like, this was scary. This probably was scary to
0: people right. in the past. Of course. And then just the thing is that like, you know, men physically are bigger than us. So mm-hmm. it's just easy to kind of conquer us if we are you know and i and I, I mean i can go deep into it but i think even like just some of the stuff that like the reality shows that we watch on tv and that like pin us up against each other is really mm-hmm. part of like that plan of like let's keep kind of throwing them there so that like you know that power doesn't come forward like if they keep seeing themselves as separate and as competition then you know then we can keep them apart and not mm-hmm. together. Um, and that's what I love about you guys, it's true. Like, you guys are stronger together. We believe in that in Soul Collective, too. That's yeah. why we, you know, do the soul mentors and we do like let's just put all our intuitive gifts together. That's why Mona and I are going to work together to try to figure out this ancestral stuff because it's better together than without, um, by ourselves. So, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: stronger together,
0: stronger together. together. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, thank you for spending time with me and for sharing your your journeys. Um, for those of you who are listening, if anybody is interested, both Mona and Rachel are our soul mentors. Mona does readings, but she does a lot of like the group work within our programs too. And Rachel is one of our soul mentor healers, so she does a lot of cool healings. If you feel like it's time for healing, uh, you know, any different types, we have we have different kinds. And um, yeah, and they also just do really beautiful work on their on in their own work as well. Mona is still, you know, undercover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, for for now, we'll see. That might change. Well, <laughs> a tech job, you guys. So, like, just know that you can do both. You can do both. You can.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you're interested, you just can go to nikinova.com under clarity readings, and you'll find them there, or just you will see them in the collective, you will see them in the programs and any of the soul programs at any level, you will see them pop in and be there to mentor you. You'll also see them in the vibe with us group, which is, um, so they graduated from soul teacher to like our second program. We're on our third soul teacher group right now. And, um, so these girls figured out that like when they work together they can read like one person really well so they started doing these like clubhouse sessions where you would come on ask a question and then intuitively like all 20 of them basically would start to tap into you so you're getting that like just one psychic but you're getting like 20 of them and it was just fascinating and amazing to watch so we invited them to do that for us at soul collective or not we invited them home basically because so yeah. they're home. So we invited them and they did one last night. You know, that we're recording this in June. It's amazing. So if you guys get a chance to experience that, they're calling it Vibe with Us. And yeah. um, it's basically like a group reading, but it's all of them coming together. And right now, for right now, we're, they're doing it for fun and there's no charging. So get in on it. You know, be an early investor into this <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see where it goes. But it's awesome. And it, it's very powerful. So the weak are not allowed to apply. So just make sure you come right <laughs> for the truth. Lots of love. <laughs> lots of truth. Lots <laughs> yes. Of yes. I'm not sure totally. I would want to ask a question to them, guys. I'm just saying. So
1: Oh, you should ask a question. we love to read let's oh, go Nikki.
0: Well, you guys, I'm still waiting for my house to sell. So, you know, if you get any tips on when I'm moving, that would be fantastic. Right, we'll no. bring it up. We'll bring <laughs> it up on our next session. <laughs> having intuitive friends. We yeah. just yeah. text each other and be like, "What do you see for me?" We do it literally all the time. Oh daily. my god! All our like, oh, chat is it?
2: just like, "Is it? What is? <laughs> what is this?" I don't get it. Should I go? Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Beware the guys that date these girls. Oh, <laughs> it's going
2: to be incredible! It's amazing. We're going to discuss them in depth. We already of do. Who's
0: poor? <laughs> He's poor of men have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> all right girls I love you so much thanks for being here thank you everybody for listening if you liked this episode we'd love a review and some love Um, if you have questions for these ladies and go ahead and visit soul collective just drop it there and tag Mona or Rachel or myself and we'd love to continue the conversation off the show if you feel called to it see you next time thank you so much for listening I love you guys so much If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you
1: much.